You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What? Oh, yeah, go I'm ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, no, I thought, you had, I thought we, made, we made that contact. I thought okay. you had something. Sorry. <laughs> we can always edit this part out. That's the beauty of a podcast. It's going to sound, need, we need, we it's gonna sound seamless. Get out of here. Way back, looks up. There's the cycle. You can put it on the board. Yes. A single, double, triple, and home run in one game. He is hit for the cycle. All right, joining us on the cycle now. How cool is this? The 40th manager in Chicago White Sox history, Rick Renteria. Rick, thanks for being here, man. Hey, thanks for having us. Uh, 40, just to kick things off, name the previous 39. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's i can name you the last one and the previous one and that's, that's as far as i'll go <laughs> it's exclusive group man there's been 45 presidents and only 40 managers yeah i mean this is a bigger deal the, these <laughs> obviously these gigs they're uh they're limited uh there are only 30 positions of of this nature obviously at the major league level uh obviously appreciative of the opportunity that the chicago white Sox are are giving me and Glad to be on the south side. Yeah. Without divulging too much of your interview process, like what's your thing when you say, like to your point, it's only 30 managers. What's your thing to say, listen, I'm the dude. This is, <laughs> I'm I'm the man. No, I, I'm I what you need. I think uh, when you uh, have conversations with the uh, all the uh, parties involved, uh, they're searching for your personality. They're searching for your experience, your insight. Uh, they want to make sure that you have a balance of being able to communicate and basically hold the players to uh, a certain uh, level of uh, accountability. Uh, that goes without saying. I've been in the game since 1980. I mean, I started playing in 1980. Uh, been around a lot of uh, great players, average players. Uh, been on some fun clubs. Um, the the nature of the game hasn't really changed that much in that it's baseball. And so we're kind of trying to, uh, as we spoke earlier, some of the fans. I said, I'm not trying to uh, reinvent the world, just trying to introduce everybody to it, reintroduce everybody to it. <laughs> You talk about fun clubs and uh, one of the more memorable years. I mean, to be in the league that many, uh, to be in baseball, what, 37 years. Actually, what are some of the years that stand out? Actually, you know, my the biggest year for me in terms of um, how impactful it was uh, was obviously my first year that I got called up. But in uh, 1990, I was injured, uh, took a line drive to the face during uh, uh, infield work and was out of playing here in the States for a couple years. I played in Mexico for two years. And um, – at that point, the 1993 season rolled around. Florida Marlins were now coming into existence. Um, I was looking to hopefully uh, get back into the game here mm-hmm. in the States. Um, we had a gentleman by the name of John Bowles who uh, ended up becoming my first uh, boss in, in player development. Uh, called, uh, extended an, an invitation. Dave Dombrowski sent an invitation to be a part of the AAA club uh, in camp. Uh, ended up going to camp and making the major league club out of AAA camp, basically, and stayed a couple more years. So uh, that was one of the uh, moments when I knew that uh, anything is possible. Yeah. You know, I was just saying, I just want to show everybody I can still play in the big leagues. Sure. Like if I can get one more day, ended up being two more years, and then uh, started uh, coaching a few years after that. I know, I mean, obviously talent level's a lot different, but Going from playing in the majors to going back to playing in Mexico just has to be such a, a shift in so many different ways. What was that like? Well, it was. It's interesting because you know when you come in from the states, going into Mexico, you're already seen as the the mm-hmm. top guy. Um, you Everyone's have trying to understand and adjust to the to the pitching and and uh, things of that nature. But it's no different than what we have to do here on a daily basis. 
I think the uh, aspect that uh, we all understand in terms of facing big league pitching, uh, velocities are going up. Um, you know, the idea of executing uh, is still primary. Uh, you can throw hard. If you don't throw strikes, it just doesn't serve any purpose. It's just like me speaking both languages. If I don't have a good message to present, it really does me no good. <laughs> so I have to be able to put an idea together and a concept and what's, hopefully you guys get it. What's that one pitch when you played that was like, ugh, I can't, this pitch? Uh, just, actually, I got sent to play winter with? ball. It's a great question. I got sent to play winter ball. That's nice that you said he it before he did. Yeah. He used it. I'm full of great questions, buddy. You just hold on. I got sent uh, to start playing winter ball. Actually, my first year was 83. I went to Mexico, uh, played for a club, uh, Wasabe, Algodoneros de Wasabe. And um, they sent me down there to learn how to hit breaking pitches and off-speed pitches. I could mm -hmm. hit the fastball. Yeah. I think most uh, drafted, young drafted players can probably hit the fastball. It's the off-speed and the breaking ball that you have troubles with. And so I went down there, and, and ironically, after about the first uh, seven to ten days, I was on a real short list of almost being getting released because I wasn't hitting very well. And uh, what kept me there, honestly, was that uh, I worked very hard. I prepared. I had them come in. Uh, bring out uh, guys to throw to me, uh, specifically throw breaking balls to me. Uh, they thought that uh, I was showing so much uh, desire to, to have success, and uh, I kept hustling. I kept running balls out. I kept doing everything that you can to kind of keep yourself uh, in, in play, and uh, then things started to click. Yeah. And I was able, 10 years later, after 10 years of uh, winter ball, uh, I survived it. Wow. Yeah. What's the trick to an off-speed pitch? Is it just you got to read it, right? Because it's more a mental thing than anything. Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody has a different way of looking at it. A fastball, a four-seam fastball, in terms of our eyes, I know our, our, when I was, coach, when I was uh, being coached as a young man, uh, they, used, they used to tell you when you're looking at a fastball, it's all white. When you see a breaking ball, you see a little dot, a little circle, and it's the seam, the way that the seam is rotating, and you start to look for that. Um, obviously, it takes a keen eye yeah. to be able to recognize those things. The way pitches, pitches are today and how, how sharp those pitches are and how, how explosive velocity is, you have to put yourself in a position to possibly look for a particular pitch. You always try to hit off the fastball and just everything else. Um, in most instances, you know, our approaches have to be a pre-two-strike and a post-two-strike approach. Yeah. Um, you're always sitting in your zone trying to allow them to make the mistake. Uh, and every now and then uh, you catch it. And uh, when you get into two strikes, it's obviously a, a slighter, more defensive approach. But uh, it allows you to kind of battle pitches. And some of the things that we've been talking about as an organization that we're going to try and do a little bit better. So when you became uh, – when you're named manager, uh, th that's an exciting day. And then things start rolling this offseason. I mean, it's been – a lot of stuff going on. Good, it's, good things, right? You have a direction that the team is going in. It's a great. It's, it's been a great winter as far as I think we, as the organization and staff, and and uh, from the big leagues all the way down through the minor leagues. It's it's been an impressive winter with the uh, acquisition of some of the players that we've received. I think we're all on the same page. I think we're all looking to do the same thing. Um, build up the organization from within through the draft and through trade. I think that process is now beginning. Uh, the last couple of years, uh, this is only my second year, so the last couple of years, though, the draft has been really good for the organization. Mm -hmm. So it's starting to build up. Yeah. I think the future is bright. I think uh, the model that's being followed right now isn't new. It's a model that's been followed by five or six clubs over the last five or six years. Mm -hmm. I think it just takes a little time to, to kind of catch on to it. And I think uh, as far as uh, structure and process, I think those things are in place. And, you know, you chip away at it and, and you make adjustments and you continue to improve. How much time have you got to spend with the young guys so far? You know, I, I've been um, through the winter, uh, honestly, 
I traveled to the instructional league this year, saw some, some of the kids down there. Uh, I actually went to the Dominican Republic, saw the players there. Uh, I saw some of these young hitters in, in mini hitting camp that we had uh, 10 days ago or two weeks ago. Um, and then just you know conversing with some of the new pitchers that we've received. So how do just, they respond when you show up? Is it is, are they ner- do you think your presence makes them a little nervous? Or it, they- it it might, but I think what what you try to do is alleviate that yeah that pressure. You still want them to be themselves. Hey, I put my pants on the same way they do. I put my shoes on, my sock. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my shoes. Except I tell like- you how to put your pants on and how to put your <laughs> shoes on. But other than that, I do the same you know, thing you do. Uh, the thing is, you, you need to allow them to be comfortable in their own skin. Uh, know that they're a big part of, uh, of of our organization moving forward. Um, and also, they they need to know that there are ways about uh, that we're going to be going about doing things. And so, uh, it's important for us to be out there and, and touching them a little bit and, and them getting to know us. Uh, on a personal level what's the difference in the management approach from when you played to now like because kids these days respond differently to criticism or discipline no doubt I think you got to you got to get to know your per, the, the personnel first and foremost. KYP uh, some of the some of the guys that you have uh, <laughs> might be more apt uh, to want to pat on the butt you know others might want you to get in their face everybody's different uh, the biggest thing I think that that we get to know they're following media. They they're looking at video. They're listening to the radio. They're tweeting. They're everything is coming at them 24/7 every second of the day. And a lot of it has to do, believe it or not, is chipping away at their confidence. Yeah. It's either building them up or knocking them down. The reality is most people are knocking you down. Accept it. It's a moot point. That's the way it is. Deal with it. You know. Well, you know, I don't like when people are telling me or criticizing me. So what? Move on. Next. Well, and especially in a big city like this, there's so much media. There's so much of yeah. that. But, I mean, on the other side, Chicago has got to be such a great city for these guys to break into baseball. What do you love about the city? It's, it's an, and it embraces you. Mm-hmm. It's a city that actually follows you. I always tell people to embrace the fact that people are paying attention. Sure. You know, whether they're criticizing you or, or giving you adulation, they're paying attention. Yeah, they care. So yeah. it's a good thing. Yeah, it's it's not a bad thing. The, the question is, can we help these guys understand how to separate and compartmentalize their emotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a big part of being a successful Major League Baseball player. Uh, I think it's uh, the, the, one of the best cities to be uh, brought up into the big leagues because uh, if you can survive here, uh, if you can survive in New York, you got a great chance of surviving a, a long career because real tr- truthfully, people are going to let you know what they feel. Sure. Is there a manager style or a, a coach from maybe even a previous sport or – a childhood mentor that you kind of emulate as a style as as a as a leader. That's another good question. You know, there there are many. I I have played for for been on the field with with many managers. You know, uh, Dick Williams, Jim Leland, um, um, Renee Latchman in Florida. Jim Leland was third base coach of the yes he was winning ugly yes he was. Mm-hmm. Um, Liked to smoke too in the yes, dugout, he did. didn't he? Yes, he did. <laughs> uh, Tommy Sant in the minor leagues. Uh, Johnny Lippon um, was an A ball manager of mine former Detroit Tigers shortstop back in the day, uh, was one of the most positive and, and influential people in, in my life. Um, always had a smile on his face, always told you how good you were, um, but also always knew uh, how to rein you in a little bit, you know, when he needed to. What um, did you respond to most? Did you respond to? I, I, you know what? Um, my, my, my life experience, uh, it takes a lot to jar me. Yeah. You want to get in my face, go ahead, you know. <laughs> 
I, it doesn't scare me. All right, I want to hear about this life experience. That doesn't doesn't bother me. Like where you um, grew up, like your family. Listen, I, I I'm a I'm a I'm a product of uh, Los Angeles. I, I grew up in Compton, California. Uh, spent a lot of time there uh, in the uh, early uh, Easy E or Ice Cube. Uh, I well, come on, uh, Ice, <laughs> Ice, Ice Cube. Yes. Um, um, Compton, California. A, a lot of a lot of uh, a gang uh, um, issues going on at the time when we were growing up there. Uh, we lived uh, for until I lived there until I was 11. In terms of being in a home, uh, just west of Alameda, we moved three and a half miles up north to the east side of Alameda into the city of Southgate. Uh, but I ended up venturing back and forth into Compton because my 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 pop worked in a little family supermarket there, and I used to set up and sell shoes in this little uh, in their parking lot. Uh, we really? sell tables and sell shoes. What kind of shoes? Uh, any children's shoes, yeah. women's shoes, whatever. Uh, was available to us. I started selling shoes out of the back of his little station wagon, Monaco yeah. station wagon, when I was about nine or ten. Um, and so uh, they asked like for a size four, and you're like, "Let me check the back." Let that me was, check. That it. was the I, station I, wagon. I, I get into the, to the Monaco, get into the back, check the box, and uh, and pull them out. Dude, that's and I, and work, I, and man. I, and I did pretty good. I, I sold, and then uh, you I started buying groceries there. There's we're nine. Yeah, uh, where do you fall? A, I'm in the middle. I'm the fifth. Um, I'm sure. I'm as I understand, uh, my mom uh, lost a couple also uh along the way but uh they were uh i have six brothers and two sisters wow um i'm first generation american my four older brothers are all from mexico but they're all here wow. uh, four older brothers there so you're the fir- were you the first i was the first born here born in the states That's wow correct. yeah and were you guys a big athletic family a lot of, uh, a lot of all my brothers played baseball my my dad loved baseball yeah uh, they used to play over in gonzalez park in compton were you guys uh, dodger fans we were Dodger fans uh, growing up. Um, Who were some of your favorite players? Oh gosh, the, you know the, you had the 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 '70s with uh, Ron Say, Davey Lopes, Davey Lopes Garvey, yeah. that whole club. That Steve that, Garvey, though. Yeah, you, you dig. Well, him? hey, you they, probably know they, him. They, they all. I, I don't know him personally. I mean, we've run across each other. Obviously, in the game, you run a, across right. uh, people. But um, for me, just uh, as you're growing up in, in in the community, that's the that was the team. Dusty, Dusty Bill, Baker. Dusty Baker. I mean, was Bill Russell. Was it Bill Russell? Jimmy Wynn. The Who was the Russell? Bill Russell. The shortstop. Short Bill Russell was shortstop. Yeah, right. You know, he, used to, he used to hit, choke up. You know, he was yeah. just a little scrapper. Uh, those teams that just played the game. I mean, all of them did certain things when they needed to. And um, I, I, you know, we followed every, I was a, a fan of baseball. I'm a, I was a big Pete Rose fan. I loved his hustle. I loved energy. All those things are part of. Uh, Do you have an opinion on Pete Rose now? Uh, in ter- he's, a, he's a Hall of Fame player. Yeah. I mean, I can say that. I don't, I don't, I don't uh, address any of the other issues. Sure. There have been other players that are Hall of Fame players that have had issues in the in You got <laughs> in one in our franchise life. history, Shoeless Joe. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. But, uh, sure. But you can't deny if if people are truly just looking at numbers. I mean, he's, I thought he was Pete was great player. in postseason coverage too. Yeah. Yeah. Funny. Yeah. yeah. Th- there was a conversation he and Grit or um, A Rod and, and Thomas and Frank Thomas yeah. were having about hitting. Yeah. Cool. You caught that? Yeah. <laughs> we, is that something that you might bit. share with with the team, or do you share stuff like that? I, I, you know, what I share are um, experiences in terms of what I've seen other clubs do that might uh, help us uh, perform better. Yeah. You just you know. get upset at a team sometimes. Be like, you know, when I was working in my pop's grocery store selling <laughs> shoes, <laughs> you got to grind it out sometimes, man. It's no, about I, that hustle tip. I think, I think uh, <laughs> those life experiences are, are, are truly important. Uh, <laughs> but you also have to understand that, and I understand that, everybody is a sum total of all their life experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we all wish 
that everybody would be in uh, and, and have everything that they could possibly have, that they come from a well-to-do family, that they're taught values that, you know, not everybody's going to have that, but it doesn't make us any less or any better than anybody else. Uh, sometimes uh, I think people might not necessarily appreciate uh, some of the things that they do have. Uh, that's where I may come in. You yeah, know, drop a conversation in about something or make them understand. I don't use it too much unless I have to, but uh, the truth is my career is already over. I'm just coaching. It's their career that's going mm -hmm. on now. My experiences are not to overwhelm them, but yet just to give them a little, a little how much, light. How much is that, though, is part of it, what you say, <clears throat> is is managing emotions and egos. Like, I mean, that's you're, when they say manager, it's just not about managing skills, right? It's about managing Correct. I mean, you're, you've hit it right on the head. You're managing human beings. Mm -hmm. You're you're talking to people and trying to uh, touch their core. But you've also hit another point. You are managing emotions when you're playing the game. Mm -hmm. You get excited. You start getting outside of what you're supposed to be doing, which is just simply focusing on the job, the moment. And uh, it can make them nervous. It can make them uh, non-performers. Uh, those are things that they have to uh, grow up in. I think uh, most people that get to the big leagues for the first time, there, there's a little bit of an awe that comes with being at, at the major league level, uh, no matter how good you are. Um, some might hide it a little better than others. Mm -hmm. Some might have a, a better outcome when they just first start uh, than others. But uh, the reality is you got to kind of get past that. I always think of the movie Hoosiers. When, Love it. Uh, when he takes mm -hmm. them out there and he says, okay, and they're measuring the – the yeah. Court, the basketball court, and still ten feet, and you know, it's like it's the same thing. Right. It's, it's no different. And um, sometimes you have to remember, remind players of that. Uh, but they're human beings, and the emotion and the excitement of moments sometimes. That'd be a great. Over. That'd be a great like parody commercial for uh, the Sox marketing. Have you go out do like a measure, <laughs> measure <laughs> the bases, <laughs> put one of the players on your shoulders, <laughs> measure the fence. <laughs> That'd be pretty good. That would be great, yeah, man. Be awesome. Let's do that. John, <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> right. marketing. With such a young team, I mean, I think what you just said is, is so important that, you know, it's so much more, like you said, than, than just managing between the lines. But how much of that is keeping them from getting too high and too low? Because with a young team like this, that can have such a long-term effect on a career. No question. I think uh, there, are two, there are two things that you concern yourself with. I know that I, ha I, I, know that I have the capacity and the ability to motivate and create energy. Mm -hmm. I know that. Um, the thing is, is that this is a 200, almost a 200 days sure. uh, season. I want them to become excited and embrace whatever it is we're going to seek to do. They're buying into it. Awesome. Now I need to make sure that we keep it on an even keel mm -hmm. throughout the whole season. Yeah. That is a big part of our job is to make sure that they're not beating themselves up because we wreck when things don't go well. And we want them to also understand, listen, don't get too high when things are going good because right. we've got to stay focused on the process and doing what we need to do to keep pushing forward. So that's a part of what we have to do in terms of uh, maintaining that balance. Uh, are you a um, kind of disciple of chemistry and trying to create chemistry, or do you think winning and just going through stuff, chemistry follows that? How I, much is – you know, you read about these teams and you hear about, you know, there's – clicks there's spanish-speaking players and the english-speaking players you being bilingual is huge uh, do you see anyone on the team that is going to be a bridge for for you know both of these groups to come together and also like is it a, a, a priority for you to say let's do some fun stuff outside of 
the stadium and let's build some chemistry and let's let's be a team. Yeah, I I think uh, you you can do things like that. I think uh, you know part of my idea with our club is you know I've talked about it with a lot of the guys and I haven't you, you know you'll probably hear this after but I plan on getting a, a core group of players from within the clubhouse a mix to be kind of spokesmen for each other mm-hmm. and you have to mix the blend and um, my door is always open we're going to address whatever issues we have to address but I also plan on us having team dinners yeah you know, get into a town we all get out there together have some dinner when you, know? you when you go in and out of like different languages is some of the players sometimes like what did he just say something about my mama like, <laughs> <laughs> like go in and out they like worry like what did he just say no like, no you... they'll they'll know if i said something about the mama. <laughs> no. it makes it very clear yeah no they'll it's it's really easy for them to to uh let me just remind Transition. Kevin, this is a major league baseball team. <laughs> Listen, sometimes you got to talk about somebody's mama to get them to play the best they can be. Right, you don't know right, what right. their trigger buttons are. <laughs> No, I think I think most of them can can transition when I'm speaking to them in both English and Spanish. I think it, there's a there's there might be a comfort level that comes with being able to do that. Um, it takes a little bit more time, uh, and and honestly, most of our players, uh, Latin speaking players. Most players that transition into the big leagues uh, are going through the process of learning the language of English. You know, mm-hmm. obviously all of them are. And again, as we've spoke about earlier, when you're talking to them, it's not necessarily just that you're speaking Spanish, but that the message and the idea and the concept is articulated in a way that they understand. It. Yeah. How excited are you about spring training? Because it's funny, we had uh, Tim Raines, whose name came up earlier, obviously, with his Hall of Fame mm-hmm. induction coming up this year. He told a story of coming out of he set out spring training contract issue yeah his first game yeah just he went lit on. it up yeah and then he's like that's just proof that you don't need spring training this team <laughs> obviously will benefit <laughs> from it being young being but where where are you at on spring training what are you most looking forward to uh just getting them out out, out there on the field uh, putting our eyes on them uh interacting with each other um it's really important for us to uh, be able to communicate uh, the importance of the focus that we need to have. You know, the, the thing about playing the game of baseball, it's so difficult. We want them to have fun. We want them to enjoy themselves playing the game of baseball. Yeah. Uh, the reality is the more relaxed you are, uh, the more focused you can become, if that makes sense. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, we call it being relaxed but ready. Yeah. And, um, and I think that when we're going through the process of preparing for uh, the season, uh, we want to make sure that everything we do it's purposeful that everybody understands that when we're trying to execute and do certain things uh, from a fundamental perspective that they have to have some focus and some commitment to the action uh, because once you start the games the game starts to speed up so if you're not preparing yourself previous to the game in a more controlled environment as many of the of the skill uh, work that we do is done uh, how do you expect to you know even be able to compete when it starts to speed up just because the game it just does that uh, just the nature of it so hopefully we'll be able to uh, get to get to know each other uh, I love to banner with the players uh, in the meetings in the morning I, I like all the coaches to interact with them as we're talking they need to know we're human beings too uh, but we also know uh, and everybody recognizes that uh, we need to have a place where the players have a certain uh, role to play and then I will have a certain role to play in doing what I need to do to encompass the whole um, uh, clubhouse yeah. Let's talk about what happens when you step away from Major League Baseball. If you step away from Major League Baseball, I don't know. Uh, I mean, what do you do to get away for a weekend or just off season? What do you like to do? Um, 
this year's been a little difficult. Sure. Uh, we've been really, really busy. Uh, for me, it's just uh, being home, uh, being with my family, cooking. Uh, we're fortunate to be on a, on a little piece of property in which I have some, some lemon trees that we just planted. and, and a Lemon couple trees? Of lemon trees, some Myers lemons. They use them for cooking. Yeah? Wow. You yeah. like to cook, huh? like to cook. Um, I'm not as good as I say I am, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, I do study a lot of uh, recipes and things of that nature. Uh, we have a few avocado trees on, on, on the property, and uh, so just being around there relaxes me. Uh, just before we got here, I was pulling weeds and, and fertilizing, so um, that kind of relaxes me a little bit, but it's kind of hard to get out of the baseball uh, thinking. Um, it's kind of constant. Uh, your, to be honest. your wife's mad at you. What's your makeup meal? What are you making? <laughs> what are you making? Baby, I'm sorry. Here you go. That's a great question. Here you go. <laughs> but I can't give away Cuddy, that secret. Have you not seen my <laughs> I can't oh, Here we go. Oh, is it that good? Oh, yeah. Give away that secret. Wow. <laughs> that sounds like lemon guacamole. What's your, what's your, what's your, what's your favorite ingredient uh, that you use that you always find put, you're putting in Lobster. Here? She loves wow. lobster. <laughs> Okay. My wife loves lobster. <laughs> yeah. Let's say we're not. Let's say Sometimes I'll be eating a sandwich and I'll be like, you know what? This could use a little lobster. lobster. <laughs> let's say you're not allergic to shellfish. Is there anything else that you would throw in there? Well, you know, for us, uh, carne asada is, is typical, you know, uh, meat uh, that we'll use uh, on the grill. Um, we, we do love, uh, you say no shellfish, um, guacamole, uh, you know, we're traditional. Uh, my so wife are we? I have ketchup. We uh, <laughs> we got ketchup on our. Mm-hmm. On a, we have a nice little property, and there's uh, ketchup, <laughs> ketchup trees. Mm-hmm. No, I I Use think uh, you know my wife's Puerto Rican of Puerto Rican descent, and so we get to get. Uh, there's a mix of of uh, multicultural uh, in our family. So she's more uh, rice heavier with her dishes, correct? Black black beans, rice. Uh, we're we're also uh, you know pinto beans, refried beans, and and rice. Yeah. Uh, but carne asada. Uh, mole, uh, chicken mole is really good. Yeah. Uh, that's a brown sauce, a Mexican brown sauce, a little spice. I know a little bit about. <laughs> here's here's what I would like to ask. Then, since you're with uh, the background you have in cooking, where is a good restaurant in Chicago that you and your wife like to go we, to? We we actually just uh, finished. Uh, gosh, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be ups- I'm upset at myself right now because I'm trying to remember the name of the. Have you had the nachos the and the helmet? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 no. These churros are legit. <laughs> that we that we just visited. Uh, oh, and we went to we yeah we had some dinner at Rosebud the other night too. Actually, Italian. Okay. Uh, that was really really good. Oh, that's um, a good spot. Yeah. Yeah, but I, there there are quite a few restaurants in here, and as I start to continue to remember their names, I'm going to share them with all of you because I think everybody should uh, should hit them. Awesome. Awesome. Hear that, Rosebud? If you're looking to sponsor mm-hmm. the Psycho, looking for new sponsors. I got to find out the the rest of the Mexican restaurant we went to. Uh, down by Benito Juarez. Yeah. It was great, though? It's, yes, yes, legit. I went to the back of the kitchen. Uh, where, where is it? Where is it located? It's over by Benito Juarez uh, High School. Oh, okay. Okay. It's on Cermak and, uh, Cermak and Ashland. Is All right. That, does that sound right? Yeah, yeah, that does. Yeah. They intersect. I, I know yes. that. Cermak yeah. and Ashland. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly do. <laughs> Sounds believable. It was, what's it, 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 was really what's good. it like? Like, how... Or, like game day, how how early do you get to the to the stadium on game day? Like before the game, like I, how many hours do you get before? I'm there between ten thirty and eleven o'clock in the morning. Yeah, no matter yeah. what time the game is. If it's a, a seven o'clock if game, a, if it's a one o'clock game, I'm probably there by seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah. What do you do? Seven o'clock game is ten thirty. And when you have the lineup 
ready. It's in your head the night after Probably the game like before. Yeah. yeah. You kind of know. Yeah. You go on hunches sometimes. No. I, well, that your hunch is actually what your eyes are, are telling you guys are doing. Yeah. That's that's how I define a hunch or an instinct. Uh, your gut are uh, what you're experiencing and what you're seeing, and you're kind of uh, deciphering that information. But it it is also put together through, you know, I know everybody talks about sabermetrics. Number, we've always followed numbers. Everybody's followed numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the in-depth numbers in terms of sabermetrics, war, uh, you know, WOBA, all these different terms that exist. I used to follow numbers when it was just basically at batting average. Yeah. Slugging, you know, yeah. versus sure. I grew up on Stratomatic. Right. Okay, the back so of a baseball all, card. So all those things are still numbers that I, I look at. Last 10, last five, uh, versus lefty, versus righty. A matchup up against a particular guy. Um, in the numbers world, uh, the larger the the the, the at bats, uh, the more accurate the outcome yeah. uh, may be projected to be. Um, but what if I have a guy that's you know um, feeling sick that day or isn't quite as healthy as you would want him to be? Right. In some instances, some guys perform better. Be honest, when they're a little under the weather. Yeah, yeah, we've the seen Jordan that happen. Role. Jordan. So, are you a fan of other sports? Like, who's a who's a coach outside of baseball or a leader outside that you? You kind of like to. You know what? I'm 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 ashamed to say that I'm a I'm a I'm a baseball. Um, you don't have to be ashamed of guy. that, Rick. You're uh, you manage. You're in the I right think, position. I think yeah. all these guys. <laughs> I think manager. all these guys that are in the different positions in which they exist in major sports have obviously done something that puts them in the position in which they're in. Yeah. They're obvious com- accomplished coaches, but. Uh, Who are some interesting people you've met through uh, being in major baseball for 37 years? Um, Joe DiMaggio. Um, yeah. You know, obviously, Pete Rose, uh, Tony Perez. I mean, a lot of the any people uh, outside of baseball, like um, that I can that I can refer to right now. Not 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 that off the top of my head that I can say to you, other than you guys. That's <laughs> true. Ah, look at that. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Here, here's here's my last <laughs> great question. Uh, <laughs> I find like just following baseball with managers is like trusting your gut can a lot of times gets people fired or not trusting their gut enough. Like, how do you, like, how I mean, often do you it. trust your, your gut as opposed to just going, like, this is this is what we prepped, this is what I know, this is what we're going with? You know, it's funny, you're asking that question, that's probably a sabermetric question because you're asking about percentages. So you're asking me to say to you, 20% of the time, I rely on my gut. I'm a gambler. 15% of the time, I rely on my Turns gut. Turns out it's not a great question. I, could, I, I, I couldn't actually give you a percentage. Uh, all I can say is uh, every game is different. And, and in most instances, I think when, before the game even starts, we have an idea of how we're going to proceed, to be honest. Okay. We've already outlined how we're going to use a particular pitcher, in which inning I might be able to use a particular pinch hitter. Um, the skill set of the player that's on the field would dictate to me whether I want to pinch run for him in the seventh to try to tack on another run in case we get a knock, uh, things of that nature. Um, all those uh, aspects, I think, are, are run through before the game even starts. Uh, and again, I think our instinct and our gut is just basically what we've uh, accumulated in terms of information through studying the numbers and or uh, our feel for the players that we have. What are you most excited about this year? Just the fact that I think we have a, a, a good mix, a good group of young men uh, that I believe are going to want to show the, the Chicago White Sox, uh, to show the city of Chicago that uh, they're on a trek 
to become something hopefully in the near future that is uh, a club to be reckoned with that will be out there to compete on a daily basis to give you an, a solid effort um, and I think that that's a part of you know I'm happy to be in, in the position that I'm in because I think uh, my desire is to impart that yeah. mentality and that that design if you had to guess how many times you'll be thrown out of a game this year how many you think <laughs> oh you know i've I, i've had that con- I, i've had a conversation uh previously uh with joe torrey and he says you know you got to stop getting thrown out and i said oh it's really kind of kind of tough you know uh <laughs> sometimes you 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 get a little heated but i don't go in there i i couldn't tell you that i go in there thinking about how many times I'm going to get tossed? I think the. But moment, if you had to guess, throw a dart. Oh gosh, no! I can't. I'll guess. put the I, over under at no. four. Kevin's a gambler. If you remember, I'll put the right. over I under guess, at I four. Guess, I couldn't guess for you. So you've never, you never thought to yourself, I need to get thrown out to fire up this team to, to just as like a motivational. See, that's a technique. See, you're using, you're using, you're, you're giving away some strategies that shouldn't be <laughs> used on the air. I'm sorry about that. I just no. I'm sorry. Okay. I think, uh, uh, interestingly enough, sometimes that does happen. But you have to have a feel to know that you're disguising it well enough that the players don't yeah. recognize that you're doing it for that particular reason. Right. One All of right. the most – I'm sorry. I'm, I'll, I'll, well, you should ask one last question. All so right. get ready. Here's mine. City you're most excited to go to. What stadium you love to go play in? Oh, uh, wow. I, I think uh, guaranteed rate field. There you go. Okay, other than that. Sorry. Let me – Come on, Rick. Okay, uh, the, some of the, some of the parks, some of the parks in the big leagues that are that are that are the most impressive. Um, you guys, I think, would like uh, PNC Park in Pittsburgh. I love it. I've been there. It's a beautiful ballpark. I went to. I was driving to New York, and we stopped in Pittsburgh for a game, and it was like September. St- September call-ups were up. Pirates were not doing well. Yeah, they played the Rockies. The game meant nothing. There was no one there, and the Pirates scored six runs in the bottom of the ninth to win, and the Five thousand people that were there went off. Yeah. It was a great night. Yeah. I mean, Sorry. I've seen, I've seen. Listen, I've seen people here. Uh, last year we had a couple games that went a little long, and they stuck around. And I will tell you what, they were pretty excited when we come out on top. Oh yeah, Sox fans are the best. You know, they're Absolutely. they're. It's pretty cool. One of the cool things about this organization is that they do such a great job of bringing back former players. And I think that it, it just it means so much throughout the organization. What does that mean to you to have all these guys working and walking around the front office and everything, developing a young team? I, I think that's pretty cool. I think uh, you know one of the things that everybody should not be afraid of is to use the experiences and the insight that players of the past have had. Hmm. Uh, you can pick their brains. Player can pick uh, players can pick their brains. Um, everybody's looking at things uh, from different angles, and I think uh, um, again, no one should feel threatened when they're around. Uh, they're a great source of uh, information, um, and it bridges the gap mm-hmm. in time. You know, sure. Because yeah. you got some older school guys and some new school guys, and so it helps us a lot. Sure. All Real right. quick, will you consider that a pretty good question? That was a great <laughs> question. <laughs> okay, so Thanks. You guys are just <laughs> pandering now, yeah. pandering. Well, we are excited about the, the year, the, the off season, and I'm sure there's a move or two left before the season begins. Uh, we're thrilled about the direction the direction team is going yeah. and that you're leading the way. Wow, so I appreciate good it. luck to you, and uh, thanks for joining us on the cycle. Thanks for having me. We're really excited about it. Thank you so much. White Sox skipper, Rick Renteria. Thank you, Rick. Awesome. You're welcome. Thanks, thanks for being here. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Have a blast.